Hello, and welcome to the Television Spotlight on the Comic Book Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about a television show that we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I'm joined by my sister, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the second half of the first season of Quantum Leap that started in 2022, so the Revival series. And we already did an episode on the first half. That covered the first, what, eight episodes? Mm-hmm. This will cover the last ten of the first season. They do have a second season in the works. Matter of fact, we saw, what, a 15-second, maybe, quote-unquote, trailer for it? 15 seconds, including the slides that say, you know, coming this fall, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, if they spent more than 10 seconds of footage, I'd be surprised. But clearly, they've shot some of the, the stuff because there were at least three or four scenes mm-hmm. that they just kind of shot through. Overall, I enjoy the show, mm-hmm. but I also very clearly recognize some of the key fundamental differences between this show and the original, which I adored the original. And This is a good show. The original show was better. Mm. They have continued to diverge in a couple of key ways from the original. The original show really invested me in the life of the person we leapt into. Yes. Well, the original show was a buddy show, Sam and Al, Mm -hmm. their relationship. We saw minimal of the then present and stuff, Al's time frame and stuff, although we'd see it. Once in a while, they did an episode or two featuring on it. But by and large, we hear about it. We Mm -hmm. don't see it. It's all about Sam and Al. But Sam is not just taking the place of the person. He is acting like the person. He's trying to sell being the person. Mm -hmm. And part of that was Scott Bakula, terrific actor. Mm -hmm. Great role for an actor, too. And the writing team got into the rhythm of, let's do a show like... I'm trying to think what would be a great example. There was a, a, a Casablanca kind of an episode. There was, I think, one that was kind of a Greece-themed sort of a thing. Or this is the slasher film one. Or this is the Insane Asylum one. Or this is the right stuff, but he's leapt into an, a monkey. Mm-hmm. You know? So they took some some definite risks in storytelling at a few times. Some worked, some not so much. But they had one that was a musical. He leapt into somebody and they're doing Man in La Mancha which I thought was a terrific episode. But there was a, what are they riffing on genre-wise or movie-wise? Because there was like a Driving Miss Daisy episode. Mm-hmm. This season, or this this first season of the new show, Ben is Ben throughout. Ben never really sells being whoever he leapt into. Mm-hmm. And none of these episodes have kind of that that genre that, I don't see, they don't have that iconic window dressing, if you know what I mean. There was, with the original show, if you leapt into the equivalent of a 70s sitcom, you would feel it, you would believe it kind of a thing. Kind of like how with WandaVision, they sold the time frames and stuff like that. The original show did that for whatever genre or thing it was jumping into. Here, okay, he just happens to be taking the place of somebody who's in this situation, and he's doing what Ben would do in there. And there was never a risk of, if you don't get them to believe you're who you jumped into or leaped into, you're stuck. Well, for me, it always felt like he leapt into, I guess I want to say, the right person. 
or the person he had to leap into to be able to to make the change to put right what once went wrong. Whereas here, it feels like he leaps into someone who's not necessarily on the periphery, but is kind of tangential to what's going on. In the right person or the absolutely wrong person. He's somewhere, like you said, right off on the edge. And there was the one episode that Robert Picardo was in where he Ben winds up leaping into each of like the five people in that situation. Yeah. And kind of at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And I was amazed how they didn't reference that episode in the finale of the mm-hmm. season. Because mm-hmm. there was definitely a what about, you know, there, there was a there was a need, I think, to, to reference that. Yeah, or at least an opportunity. Yeah. Well, it's that or go for that Zen moment they tried to do, which almost worked, but not entirely. And they spent a lot of time in the series doing the modern day, who can we trust, who can we not? Why is Ben leaping? What about this other leaper we establish? They dub Leaper X, which is at least a better name than the evil leaper, which mm. they had the original. Although I would have loved to have seen something happen with what was that other project and such. But that level of knowledge of the original show at times is just lacking here. Yeah. It's like they read the series Bible and never watched the show of the original, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Because mm-hmm. they understand the mechanics, but not the heart and the soul. Yeah. And again, they threw out things like the waiting room, what happened to the people they jump into, and those sorts of things, which I think those changes were a bit of a mistake. And I will say that this is a more sci-fi show than the original, because the original was very much a character piece. Mm -hmm. Different character every time, with Sam being the, the uniting glue and such. But here, they did again the let's jump into everybody in the room and get it right eventually one episode. They did here at the end, really, if you pay attention to the dialogue, it basically shows there's multiple iterations of the timeline that people have gone through. Because at one point, Ian had leapt, that was before Ben had leapt, because I guess originally Addison had leapt, and then there was a comment that the Leaper X made of how if it's not one of you, it's another of you kind of a deal. He said in the probability scenarios. Oh, you're right. He ran the numbers. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. But he did at least mention that there were multiple timelines that had happened because the pilot episode where Ben leaps was not the first leap because it happened after, as we later learn in this half of the season, after Ian had left to go back in time to tell Ben to go leap. Mm-hmm. And all of that was to go save Addison. And I got the impression she had left before Ian had left. You know, so it's again. It almost undercuts the premise of putting right what once went wrong if you're doing it just by trial and error. Yeah. I felt that they kept telling us there were positive consequences from the leaps, but really we saw no signs of there being consequences. Early in the season, there was a scene where Magic takes Ian out for coffee and explains, hey, Mm -hmm. I was leapt into, here's why I'm at the project, all that kind of stuff. Imagine if they had done that, not gone out necessarily to a park in just a, a coffee truck or whatever, but if they had gone up the elevator, it's, oh, it's in the bottom of a, you know, downtown office tower or something or whatever. And they, they walk down the block and they go to the, the Starbucks kind of a thing there. But we watch them walk down that block and we do that episodes later and we realize, well, there are a lot more electric cars or a lot fewer electric cars or subtle things where there's a newsstand that wasn't there or whatever. And they 
comment on it of, I don't remember that. Yeah, that happened, I think, two weeks ago, you know, or yeah. find some way to explain how they keep noticing, different people are noticing different parts because there's subtle change. The timeline is changing, but not drastically, not radically, not the, you've got the butterfly effect, but not the, the overwhelming, oh my God, we're doomed if anyone steps off the path aspect. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to do as much time in the present day as they've done here, to not have any visible repercussions, it feels wrong. Yeah. You know, I think the most visible repercussion was between 2018 and 2023 or 2022 or whatever. Hairstyles? Hairstyles and makeup because Jen looked radically different as did Ian. Yeah. And it's funny because Addison and Magic and Ben didn't change at all. Some of that goes with personalities. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But- it's funny because we saw a cell that they had here that I don't recall them having when they brought in Al's daughter. No. And I don't feel Janice's arc really ended all that well because so much of the progress was us being told what she's done or had done or will do or whatever versus really seeing her do it. Well, I asked you before we watched the episode a question that basically amounted to, did you feel they were going to bring her into the fold? And set her up to where next season she could be elevated to cast regular. Well, and my answer was, I don't think they should. It's not what I would do. But yes, I think that's where they're going. Now, I had been thinking Ian was going to be on the way out and she would step in. And that's not what happened. No, but I think there at the end, they thought they set them up as buddies at the counter, if you will. Yes, they definitely were trying to do that. I was expecting when Ian said, oh, I used to play this game, that she was going to say, oh, so did I, or they bond over that or something. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of both shows and writers that think it's really hard to have one, one expert, one tech person in this case, giving all that information, making it interesting without having someone to bounce it off of. To either ask questions, volunteer more, take it out of being a monologue. It's the Fitzsimmons thing from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're having the two splitting the Technobabble helped. Yeah. And imagine if here they did a similar thing, but it wasn't a couple. It was just two people, and they didn't agree. Yeah. But they did it respectfully and could realize, okay, maybe I'm in the wrong. Let's go with your idea for a bit. Nope, that's not going to work. Let's go with this. Because imagine having two people that have that back and forth the whole time. And, okay, we've got a theory. It's shot down. Let's go for another. Or I'm right. You're wrong. You owe me 10 bucks. You know, mm-hmm. something. Yeah. There's a definite dynamic you could do there. Mm-hmm. And I think they were testing the waters on Ian and Janice for that. Yeah, but they're going to have a hard time going down that path, given what they did this season with Janice. Mm-hmm. And a little with, with Ian. I mean, Ian, the character... I'm liking the character more now than at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I still think the stylistic choices and such aren't working for me, particularly when they did the, okay, four years ago, looks totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, different hair color, all this stuff. It really, they made the character seem, for lack of a better term, fairly pathetic. No friends, no life, that kind of a thing. And when they had the episode where they dealt with the former girlfriend and such, and it's like, well, I shut everybody else because I was in this top secret program. It's like, okay, so he can't compartmentalize it all. I don't know. And yet he was going home and being lonely. Yeah. If they'd set him up as a workaholic or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what I was expecting them to have set him up as when yeah. we got back to 2018. Yeah. 
I see where they were trying to go with that character, but his main purpose in the story was to provide exposition and technobabble a way out of a situation if they mm-hmm. need it. And to tell us what Ziggy is thinking, because Ziggy never speaks. Yeah. Which, as I recall, Al was constantly complaining, Ziggy never shut up. Yes. Yes. And even if they had spent 30 seconds in 2018 here at the end, basically having Ziggy just rambling stuff off, it's like, can we get that thing to shut off and just yank the speaker or something? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are ways they could have made it funny. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, have it play. I'm liking the show, like I said, but- well, I appreciate they ended the Leaper X arc. Doing that in a season, not knowing if you're going to get a second season makes sense. Where they ended that last kind of shot or whatever of, of the season, I'm like, no, you're not going to, you're going to end there, aren't you? Oh, mm-hmm. And I, I felt that it's like watching a, a gymnastics routine that's a, a perfect 10 until the dismount and then they just belly flop or something almost. Yeah. Because I don't know how they think, and clearly they've got a plan. They're going to pivot from that into next season. Now, based on that 10, 15 second quote unquote trailer we saw, I, I have a hard time calling that a trailer because I think we've seen trailers where the, the, the company logo lasts longer than that. Yeah. It looks like Ben's still leaping, Addison goes after him. Yeah. And that means maybe somebody else becomes the hologram. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't understand how Addison goes after him. I agree. That's what it looks like. Because it looked like she was getting in the, the white in the jumpsuit suit, to, yeah. to go do that. I'm just trying to wrap my head around. I mean, I guess Addison leaping to help him. If they basically do it to where they wind up synchronized leaping. Yeah. Kind of like how Leaper X was doing. So they've established that's a possibility. They can go team up on things. Yeah. And then every episode would start with they leap into things and they got to go find each other. Yeah. Or somebody, Jen or whatever, acts as the intermediary between them. Now, I will admit the betting when different people went in as the hologram on Who the- would get recognized. Everybody yeah. went in as a hologram at one point this season. Yeah. Because Addison, most of the time, Jen, a time or two, Ian, briefly with the plane stuff, mm-hmm. and then Magic here at the end. Yeah. So really- Well, and Janice, early in the season, the beginning, we yes. saw her trying to talk to Ben. She was she was the, the hologram the least amount of time. Yeah. So- I'm glad they're getting a second season. I think they're doing a good show. I just don't feel it's got, again, that soul and that spirit and that magic that the original show had. Mm -hmm. I want them to up their game on the putting right what once went wrong aspect. There were times in the original where it felt like a series of dominoes were getting set up that would have a payoff at the end and some stuff like that, and that it seemed like minor things, but it was building. Yeah. I felt that in this final episode, they did well to bring back the boxing, but I felt they missed an opportunity when he's trying to convince Addison of stuff and he doesn't pull anything he knows from her childhood. Yes. From the episode with her father. Well, that scene of he can't answer the questions everybody's putting to him only worked because he didn't have a hologram at the time. Yes. And that could have just been a ask me everything and I can answer it kind of a deal. Yeah. And yet the other guy, Martinez, doesn't have Swiss cheese brain. I don't know if we ever found out if he had a hologram or if he was there solo. We never found out. And I think that's an interesting- But he could see Addison. He could see Addison. 
He could see our hologram. And there was never any indication he was talking to anyone else. Yeah. But I can't imagine him going into those situations solo without any intel. Yeah. So that that seems like a gap because when we had the evil leaper in the original show, there was an evil hologram. Well, but Martinez was saying at one point, basically, he'd been briefed, he'd learned everything he needed to learn about HQ and all the people involved. It implies the leaping technology improved. I took it not so much as the leaping had improved, but he had access to all of the records they were putting in from these leaps. So he studied the history. He knew he was going to be going to this place, this place, this place, and that place. So here's the game plan. Mission one is this. Mission two is this. But my point is the leaping improved because he didn't have the Swiss cheese memory. Fair enough. Fair enough. Even so, as time changes, how do you keep up? Not having the future information doesn't make sense. Now, one of the things I would like to have seen in the final episode, just as a quick aside, particularly when Ben is finally convinced Ian and Jen pees him, and oh, you must have been so lonely. Speaking of which, you might want to put some books or video, or, you know, set something up for when future Ian is alone for that time. Yeah. He's got a, a console game or something. Well, and that's why going back to the 2018 Ian of he was, you know, desperate for friends, etc. If he, they had set him up as a workaholic who had basically a cot hidden somewhere there that he was folding on at night rather than bothering to go home. Yeah. Yeah. He was so entrenched in the work. If Ben had said, you know, since you've already got your hidey hole, you might as well add entertainment and stuff, you know, just in case you ever have some spare time on your hands. Yeah, if that if they had established that where Ian of the future had basically been living was where Ian of the past had mm -hmm. kind of been working around the clock, that would have been nice. I think the it took me a while to find someone for you to leap into, and you weren't keeping an eye on them. They were just wandering around. I, yeah. The whole thing made no sense. I mean, they've got some moments where they were doing some interesting stuff, some clever things, and then other times where I don't know what they were thinking. And it veered more on the... It, good, then it's bad. But as I've said a few times, they had a high bar to reach up to mm -hmm. and they didn't. Yeah. You know, as far as revivals of shows go, competent, good, worth watching, but not, oh my God, great. Yeah. But I'd be a little hard pressed, shy of say Star Trek The Next Generation, to name any revival show versus a redo mm -hmm. where they basically are continuing with the past continuity and stuff on a revival any that live up to this, but I also don't know how many of those there are. True. Yeah. I mean, once you get past Quantum Leap here, the Star Trek shows with their timeline across it, well, I'm going to say Doctor Who definitely counts. Yeah. That's probably the best example of, of it done right, but Russell T. Davies, go figure. Beyond that, the next example that comes to mind is the Brady Bunch. Mm. Well, I was going to say Fuller House for Full House. True. True. And uh, Danica McKellar has made some interesting arguments. That the new Wonder Years is not a reboot of the original Wonder Years because it's set in the concurrent time, just a different family doing the same oh, uh, viewpoint. Same type of story. Mm -hmm. It doesn't invalidate the original. Right. Wow. Okay. But typically, they're more likely to, like with Magna PI or Hawaii Five O or SWAT or some of those, mm -hmm. take the idea and start it anew. Yeah. And- I don't know if that would have been the right choice here or not. I mean, we got mentions to Al, 
Sam had left. We want to go save him. But then it's all about saving Ben and mm. whatever happened to Sam is, is kind of, you know, forgotten. Yeah. And they say they have an idea if Scott Bakula is willing to do it. And if he is, I think that'd be awesome. It'd be great if they particularly have a good idea. But I also understand we're going back to playing Sam Beckett without Al. I could see where that'd be a non-starter. But what if they had a good character slash role for Bruce McGill? Oh, I'd like to see him regardless. Mm. I would like to see him be one of the political hired-ups that when Magic was willing to restart the program, made it happen. Now, Bruce McGill was in the pilot episode of the original and the final episode of the original Quantum Leap. Different characters. The first, he was just, they were test pilots trying to break the speed of sound. He was one of the doctors or technical people working with them. I think he was a doctor. I'm not positive. Yeah. Anyways, at the end, he played a bartender that wasn't just a bartender. Yeah, that's the role I always think of him from. Yeah, and did a great job. And it was kind of the voice of the power behind the curtain of, of whatever was moving Sam around. I mean, as great as so many aspects of that episode were, I can't imagine that episode without Bruce McGill in that role. Oh, that final episode, it, it hinged on him. Yeah. And because most of what we saw, that was one of the episodes we saw a lot of the future, because most of Al's scene were, where's Sam? Let's go find him. You know, I think he's, I, I think it's his birthday. Oh, the date of his birth. I never thought of that. I started with the first, you know, kind of, it just had some great moments. And I can't imagine them doing that solid of an episode that they did with Sam Beckett with Ben here. Yeah. And I really think changing kind of the bromance between Sam and Al to a romance between Ben and Addison, well, it definitely had its moments and, and worked. And she did a terrific job throughout. Yeah. Hard to believe I think this is the first show she's done. Yeah. I do think making that change alters the DNA and the chemistry of the show significantly and mm -hmm. not necessarily for the better. Yeah, you were talking earlier about the genres that the original show did. This show seemed to do more of, I don't want to say the stereotypes because that might not quite be the word. But well, it's funny because the original took the genres to a stereotypical level or whatever. It was something that within 30 seconds, you got the idea of what time frame and what period we were in because it was not over the top, pretty damn close at times. Well, if I was thinking like, we end up in the mental hospital, and mm -hmm. we're trying to break someone out. So we know almost immediately we're going to get electroshock therapy. We're going to get lobotomies. Yeah, well, and part of that goes back to Sam had been in electroshock therapy in the original series. There's that too. Some of it is, let's take the, the insane asylum in the past at its worst point, and what are the cliche things we're going to do? Yeah. I mean, we leap into the kitchen of a family restaurant, mm -hmm. so of course the family is struggling. Oh, yeah. I would love to see an episode, if they could pull it off, and I think they could have done it in the original show better than here, where he leaps in to somebody whose life is going great. No financial problems, no legal problems, no threat of death, no illness, no nothing, but they're just not happy. Yeah. And he's got to go do something, or he's got to make other people, something like that. And it's not that they're miserable. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that's broken, and maybe yeah. that person needs something broken to be fixing. Mm -hmm. So something that, that – I mean, the original show was so much about making right what once went wrong. They used that line a couple of times here, but it never really felt like – Never felt organic. Never felt organic or that the wrongs were that big of a deal. Or not yeah. That they, 
for some of them, they were a very big deal. They were going to die. They were going to take a whole plane down or, you know, whatever. But yeah. it felt different. And it's hard to put my finger on exactly what and why. I just feel we got a lot more invested in Sam's struggle and the yearning to get home, whereas Ben wasn't trying to get home. Yeah, very true. It's almost like the problem with Deep Space Nine of Star Trek is boldly going out there. Deep Space Nine is, we're just going to sit here. And Voyager was, let's fly home. You know, if if the, the, the point of the franchise is to go out and explore, then go well, do that. My problem with Deep Space Nine was always Star Trek is about an idealistic future. Yeah, and they got very non-idealistic with war and so forth. Yeah. Here, if the premise is fixing mistakes of the past, be they big ones, cataclysmic ones, or minor personal ones, Mm -hmm. it's got to be about, again, Sam was a compulsive do-gooder. Ben, ultimately, he's acting from a very selfish motive. My girlfriend is in danger. I must save her. Mm -hmm. Not people of the future are threatening this project that's doing a lot of good, therefore, we've got to go stop it or something. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's still who was behind Leaper X that could come up. They implied the government. Oh, I, they flat out said that. But and who in the government and how? what prevents them from trying again? And they did shift in this final episode. They did shift it from they're after us and to they're after the entire the project. project and everyone at it. Yeah, yeah. They seemed to realize that it was too selfish. Well, but that was Ramirez who made that realization. Mm-hmm. Not the project, and if he doesn't have a hologram, and they blew up the the chamber or whatever, how does he communicate that back? I mean, but is the chamber still blown up? I was thinking it was not necessarily. Well, I don't think it is. The future is unwritten at this yeah. point, or rewritten at this point. Again, it was just unclear who his chain of command was and how he could communicate back to them. Mm-hmm. And even if we had just seen him occasionally making a cryptic call to put a, a classified in the paper. Yeah. That's how he's communicating back. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot that could be done there. But I'd like to see them pick up the pieces of, okay, whatever happened to the actual evil Leaper program from the original? Are there any ramifications of that? Are there people traveling through time just to mess people up? Yeah. And if so, how, why, or, or what have you? Mm-hmm. There's always the possibility of another nation having a similar project, putting their stuff right. Maybe that coincides with ours. Maybe it doesn't. That'd be entertaining. I mean, I've always thought yeah. if you're going to do a time war sort of thing, the antagonist and the protagonist are essentially the same person, but from timeline A and B. Mm-hmm. And they're mutually exclusive timelines. So for one to survive, the other must go. Yeah. So did they land the ending? Did the season really pay out? Overall, they had the arc. They had some solidity to it. Some of it had some, let me explain what's going on moments of the butler did it and let me tell you how. Oh, there's a butler. Okay. But not in a, oh, you've got to be kidding me kind of a way. That that moment was, to me, at that tail moment of how they thought they were literally landing the ending. And again, maybe come September when we get a second season, maybe they can remind us where we left off here, do that pivot and move on. Maybe they can't. I don't know. I, I think they can because by and large, they pulled enough stuff together in this episode. Because I was going in thinking, well, how can Ian be in the future if he'd already leapt to get Ben to leap? How does all that work? But then they kind of layered a few timelines on it. It's like, okay, I'll buy that. You know, it at least holds up on an initial mm-hmm. screening. That they may have, I mean, clearly they have something in mind, and I think it could work, whatever it may be, to do that kind of pivot into a second season. But 
if you're going to go for season-long arcs, that in of itself is very different than the original show, which is here's the premise and Sam's just surviving it. Yeah. So I think they've got potentially one too many people at the base in the present day. Jen seems to be the superfluous one at times, particularly if you add Janice in. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know where they're going with all of that. And I feel that takes up enough time. That's why we're getting shortchanged on the scripts on the leaps. Yeah. Because they just barely have enough time to establish who he leapt into, what the problem is, who's a decoy kind of a thing, who's the actual thing they've got to go deal with, deal with it and leap out. Yeah. I did like how there were some numerous callbacks to previous leaps in this episode that clearly they had filmed while they were doing those other episodes. Yeah. So going in with a game plan, being able to film some things in advance and stuff, I respect that. I just think they need to up their game on the writing side a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if in season two, if Libra X is still going to matter or if he's going to be cast aside as that was season one, that's the history, now we're moving forward. I think Leaper X, as we have seen Ramirez, is over. I think the threat behind Leaper X remains. Okay. So we could have another Leaper X, mm-hmm. or there could be other signs that the future is moving against them. Okay. But it's unclear, and I'm curious how soon into the next season they, they may set those sorts of things up, mm-hmm. or if they even should. But if they've gone from Ben did all of this to save Addison, he saved him, maybe he's home, maybe he's not, maybe she leaps, maybe she doesn't. It's almost like they're potentially able to start the second season as if it's a new first season. Well, going back to your, they have one too many people at headquarters. If we now have two leapers, we need two holograms. I'm not sure we're going to wind up with two leapers. I'm just wondering if they flip to her being the leapy. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do next season. They definitely ended on a point where they could go in a ton of different directions next season. Yeah. And I think that's nice to have that freedom and stuff. But there's a risk to that freedom. Yeah. Do they know what worked and didn't work on the first season? Can they course correct? Do they need to course correct much? I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm not sure how many episodes they'll get. 18 felt like about right. It didn't feel like there were any that were just padded or wasted. There were some that were better than others. Mm-hmm. But again, overall, like I said, I enjoyed it. But it does have me thinking at some point we should find the time to go back through all of the original series. Yeah. I agree with that. Anything else? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.